When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everyone? We are back with uh, DNVR Rams late night after a border war. It happened. They played a football game. Um, CSU, they got punched in the mouth today. Pretty embarrassing showing up in Laramie. I feel bad for the fans that drove to Laramie. I feel bad for me that I drove to Laramie. Um, yeah, I don't. It, it just felt like Wyoming wanted it a lot more than CSU did. And I, I don't like saying that type of stuff. But in a rivalry game, sometimes it's pretty evident. And to me, outside of Trey and Toby McBride, it just seemed like this game was another game to the Rams. And to Wyoming, it was everything. It was everything to their players. It was everything to their coaches. And it was everything to their fans who clearly wanted it. They were great. It was a raucous crowd. They rushed the field. Good for them. They deserve it. After completely kicking CSU's ass, uh, we'll get into the numbers Dre, what's your reaction watching this game? Because honestly, I'm pretty freaking flabbergasted, man. They they gave up almost 400 rushing yards. I've been here after the Vandy game. I've been here after the um, Utah State joke. Um, This one sucks way more, like way more. In fact, I know after Utah State, you told me you'd rather get blown out then lose at the last second like that. This I, this doesn't qualify as a blowout. They were at least in it till at least the third, right? Um, no, I mean, yeah, they, they, were start, they had a chance to tie the game. They went down the field in their first offensive series, and I'll get into that a little bit. But yeah, I mean, you're down a touchdown at halftime, so you are in it, even though I feel like they got pretty lucky with those trips. I mean, they made plays on defense. Tavion Brown and Jack Howell, kudos to both of them. Those are big-time plays. Xavier Valade is a veteran running back. He's not who you expect to, to put the ball on the ground. 
they they took advantage, scored off one of them, couldn't score off the other one. Um, but Wyoming just stepped on the throat in the second half, man. Yeah. They they exerted their will on both sides of the football. That absolutely sucked. Um, and I think what you said in the opener is really true that um, Wyoming wanted it more. And I do feel like it's kind of a theme in the three um, late nights I've been on. They were favored against Vandy. They were favored against Utah State. They were favored on the road in Wyoming. And as soon as those teams found a little confidence and started making it a game, the the Rams just like, they, they kind of crumble, man. They kind of crumble. And they had such momentum uh, going into the conference schedule after really playing Iowa tough in Iowa two consecutive wins to start off the conference slate and then Utah state. And now you're looking at three consecutive losses in the conference slate. And this, this is a barometer game for Adazio, um, Adazio's tenure at a hundred percent. I've kind of been the, the positive guy, um, obviously as someone who's got less skin in the game, uh, that there aren't a ton of positives to me from this one. There aren't a ton of, uh, you know, you can frame this. Um, this sucked, and this really kind of exposed how one-dimensional the Rams are on both sides of the ball. Um, and look, man, they're they're fun to watch when Trey's doing stuff. They're fun to watch when Dante's doing stuff. They're awesome to watch on defense. Uh, this is a squad that got ATFLs on Iowa that was breaking some records a couple weeks ago on the defensive line but you, you can't just count on the defensive line pinning their ears back and living in the backfield. And that was proved today against the program that has a similar identity. They got their asses kicked in the trenches and that's kind of the bottom line. Isn't that what the boot is all about? And like, no, I mean, it, it is about toughness and you know, who wants it more and who's going to punch back. And I will say CSU was desperately thin at linebacker today. Daquan Jackson tried to go. He couldn't. They lost Bam Amina, who was playing in his place pretty early in that game. Don't have an update on his status yet, but Adazio said he thinks it's pretty serious. Might be probably done for the year at this point, I guess. Um, who knows if we'll see more of, of DJ. He may choose to set, to shut it down as well. Yeah, I, I doubt he will. I mean, he's a competitive guy. They've got another rivalry game coming up. But, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. And, and I've been critical, certainly, of Steve Adazio and the program at, at certain points, but I've been far less critical than the vast majority of CSU fans, and I cut them slack for you know the first season. You know, you can't really count the four games, I said, and I, I still believe that. I think it's hard to really judge it. I think a lot of those showings were pretty embarrassing, but I conceded that there were weird circumstances. This year, I didn't jump ship immediately when they got embarrassed by an FCS team. I even preached patience after Vanderbilt as tough as that game was. Cause I was like, you know, you saw the identity offensively. You see that there is talent there at this point. I mean, it, it, it's just such a wasted opportunity. You, they, it's clear that there is talent on this team. I mean, you can't go toe to toe with a big 10 team on the road. You can't do some of the stuff they've done without talent, but that's what makes it feel worse because it's just yes. a giant wasted yes. opportunity and not making a bowl game. Six and six. And I know they still technically can, but put a fork in them, they're done. Not making a bowl game with Trey McBride and Patchen and Toby and Manny 
and all of these dudes who aren't going to be here next year. That's what really kills me is like, when I start to think about 2022 and I am excited about some young talent, you know, Jack Howell and Henry Blackburn and some of these guys, but they're losing so many of these key contributors. And if you can't even beat this Wyoming team that was averaging nine points a game over the last month Uh and just came in and absolutely punched you in the mouth, man, this team, they just, like I said, it didn't seem like they wanted it. And it seemed like one team was severe, uh, significantly more prepared than the other one was. Right. I mean, that's really the point. At the end of the day, this one comes down to coaching. Uh, yeah. it, a, a lot of other losses have come down to, look, Boise's just deeper, more talented. They hung with them tough until X or, you know, shit happens against Utah State or, you know, God, Vandy just got comp. This one's just like you showed up and you showed up <laughs> and got your asses kicked because like as soon as things got tight, you kind of shied away and they, they really came out. I mean, but the linebacker thing was blatant. I think if you went back to the tape and charted it, once Wyoming got to the second level, it was more often that they would get to the third level or house it, you know, than it was that they were stopped at the second level. There was probably like a, a five to one. You're getting stopped at the second level to you're just, that's why they kept bursting those runs. They had bad gap containment. They weren't sound tackling. And Oh yeah. I mean, look, Daquan Jackson is one of the most important players on this team. And he's He's, a dude that's putting up like 15 tackles a game. A lot of that being on run run stoppage situations. He is what makes this run defense work and losing him. It's brutal. Yeah. But to give up 400, I know it's not 400, it's like 385. And you're giving up multiple 40-yard runs to Levi Williams. I mean, the guy can move. He's underrated as an athlete. Honestly, I was talking about that with Wyoming's beat writer earlier this week. They're like, you know, everybody focuses on Chambers running the ball. It's like, really, Williams can run it just about as well as he can, and he's a better thrower of the football. Honestly, watching this, I don't know why it took Wyoming so long to make the change. It's clear he's the better quarterback. It's not even close. He balled out. Um, he played really well, but the, the thing is, this is a Wyoming team that was kind of lost coming into this game, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you just again, it's uh, it's crazy how much they can say. Oh, you're lacking in confidence. Just wait a second. We'll we'll let you. We'll build that confidence up, and then we'll show you what lacking in, lacking in confidence really means. And it's so uh, so disheartening. I mean, so I, honestly, guys, man. I'm I'm starting to get it because uh, the more of these games I watch, the more it's like it, it's it's truly upsetting. Um, and then you know, I mean, classic. They kind of made key mistakes and key moments, and like shot themselves in the foot. And that was that. This uh, this is a program that's should be much more competitive than it is and should have been more competitive than it has been over the last five to 10 years. And, um, I don't, I, I don't know if you were aware of this, Trey, this is all the CSU fans that are listening are, but earlier this week, Joe Parker went on the Ram nation podcast and basically told fans that their expectations are unrealistic and the big bad media is too critical and this and that. And, I don't know. This was a this was a pretty pretty fitting loss 
for the Joe Parker era. And um, I don't know. I, I understand why fans are mad right now. I, I, I really do. And I'm not going to tell them they shouldn't be mad because it's just so inconsistent from, yeah. from everything. I mean, you can't be getting embarrassed like this in a game that matters as much as the border war. If this was the SEC, this is the type of game that gets you fired before you even go to the locker room. Like, and again, I'm not, I'm not being like fire Adazio after that loss. I understand it's right. the Mountain West. I understand CSU's restrictions. I understand all of that, but it's it's embarrassing, and it's hard to feel it's it's hard to feel confident about the the direction of the program when you're getting completely outworked by a very mediocre Wyoming team. Yep. And that's being yep. friendly. They lost to New Mexico at home, guys. They lost to New yeah. Mexico at home. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. And a game like this, you cannot preach apathy in a game like this. This is a, a, a barometer game for the program. There is no, uh, there's no preaching otherwise hiding from it. I mean, like it, obviously facilities and economic resources are one thing you want to talk about. Uh, you know, academic institutions, uh, the, 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 the cities, the two universities are in. Absolutely. You should be competing with Wyoming. You should not be, um, you just, you just cannot put up that kind of a stinker. No one in five not. in the last six years, one in five in the last six years, haven't beaten CU in years. I mean, they, they haven't won a game. I mean, I know they won the 2020 border war and that was great. It was a great moment. Um, sucks that the fans weren't there, but outside of that, okay. they haven't won a game that matters in well over five years. And it, it sucks. Right. It just sucks. It's, it's tough to feel this way, but something to keep in mind for our homeowners with prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance hey. out of that, make that bubble work for you guys. If you're in the buyer's market, you know how stressful it is trying to buy a house right now. It's even more stressful than watching CSU football. But my friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier, they're going to take true. the, they're just going to take some of the burden off of you. They're going to take some of this stress. They're going to put it away. You can put the stress ball away. You can not think about the Rams. You can just focus on buying a house with my friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier, because they are the best in the business. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen different lenders with many different products to find the right fit for you. They want you to know who you're working with and not feel bounced around. Truly, they're great people and they're DNVR members, they're CSU alums, so you know they're going through it today as well. But don't worry, because they've got a fun perk for DNVR listeners. Go to dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472, or one last time, go to dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Truly do love the Chevaliers. Thinking about them makes me feel slightly less upset about today. Um, it doesn't make the pain mm -hmm. go away. Just a no. little bit. Just a little Nothing. bit. Um, let's go to the turning point in this one. Because I feel like it was that first offensive series in the, in the second half for CSU. They just looked lucked out. Wyoming misses a 43-yard field goal. And the Rams come out, and for the first time that day, they actually get the run game going. I, I have it in my notes here. I mean, Bailey for 15, Bailey for 8, Bailey for 8, Bailey for 12, Jalen Thomas for yes. 17. Yes. Then they get to the red zone, and it's Thomas for 3, Thomas for 1, Thomas for 1. 
Caden Camper misses a 24-yard field goal. Wyoming goes right back down the field. Isaiah Nair gets a 24-yard touchdown, his first of the day. He is a beast. Um, he had like seven TDs or six TDs coming in. Now he has eight. Yeah. I mean, that was the chance. Instead of tying the game, you doink an easy field goal, which honestly CSU deserves at that point because they still have the same red zone woes that have cost them in yeah. three of their four losses. It cost yeah. them again today. Obviously, Wyoming ended up pulling away, but you tie the game. Who knows what happens if you go down and tie the game? No, 100%. And I thought that was really emblematic of uh, what I said earlier. This team was exposed for how it's one-dimensional. And um, <laughs> God, it sucks for football fans in this area, especially Rams and Broncos fans, because it's kind of like you're watching the same thing every Saturday and Sunday. As soon as your team gets behind, they're done. Um, this team just can't play from behind. You can't exploit the run game. You can't exploit those, you know, more exotic packages. I loved like in the first half when they put Dante and Trey on the same side, you know, that was giving Wyoming fits. They couldn't really cover that. Um, but you know, as soon as they get behind, uh, all hope is lost. And yeah, that field goal was, uh, was devastating. I mean, the, there were a few situations where it felt like special teams, you know, it's kind of a turning point when they had them pinned down there and then they break the, the big give run up an 87 really yard run. You like, it's just, and again, I know the linebacker thing, but an 87 yard run on the first play of the second quarter after taking a delay a game before your first offensive play, the quarter before it just set the tone. I mean, really right off the bat, CSU starts the game with the delay a game and it's, Oh God, here we go. And they go three and out. They were just, yeah. they were in third and long so frequently in this game. Yeah. Part well, of that and so can't play like that. No. And, right. and it, that's not where he's going to thrive, you know, having to no. pick people apart or anything like that. I, I, I do think they put him in a tough position with all, you know, and you got to stay committed to the run game. And in the first drive of the second half is kind of proof of that. I think they wore it down a little bit. Right. But like, when you're just constantly putting yourself in second and nine, you know, third, nine, third and eight, it's so hard to win that way, especially if you don't have, you know, like an, an elite quarterback and as good as Santeo has been for a lot of this year, he's not an elite quarterback. No, it, it was just such a disadvantageous position to be in. And it, it's frustrating. I will say there were a couple times, especially I felt like in that second quarter when, where Santeo wasn't trusting his pocket he missed some wide open receivers downfield and he just took off running. Like there were actually a couple of times where Trey was open one time, EJ Scott probably could have had a touchdown if he just throws it up. Mm. You gotta, you gotta trust it every now and then. Mm. I know it's tough mm. with this offensive line. They're plugging and playing people. Uh, Chaz Jackson, who is already replacing, you know, two other injured dudes. He didn't get to play today. He had to go home because he was sick. Like this offensive line is in a rough spot and it's just because they're plugging and playing guys. And, all things considered, probably an admirable yeah. effort. Yeah. You know, with, considering that, just the pass protection was pretty good. They got after him a couple mm -hmm. times, but again, mm -hmm. when it's third and long, the defense is just going to blitz you, yeah. and that's a brutal position yeah. to be in. No, and Wyoming did a great job defending the run um, and committing to, to that, them, yeah. and you know, not not committing more defenders to rush the passer and just saying, "Hey, they did it, what it, CSU it, can normally do." Right. If you can beat us, if Centeo can beat us with his arm, go, go right it. ahead. Uh, so no, I I think uh, I think there's no way around it. That is 
the turning point, that series, not being able to capitalize in the red zone, doinking a field goal. And then, I mean, that field, that touchdown they come back to get you with really devastating in the shadows. Um, I don't know how you are seeing it from the press box. I couldn't believe it. Um, Cause you know, it, it really is like the, the ball comes from it, it plops right in the shadow as the shadow starts. So I wasn't quite sure, but the reaction was, um, was crazy. I mean, it all flips right there. I did think at, at the end of the third on that second and five, that nice run conversion, the holding call um, was devastating. That was kind of a, a nail in the coffin at the end of the third and then, you know, led to a turnover on downs, which Similar was kind of the situation last the week where the they had a 30 yard pass to Trey McBride. It goes back for a holding call. The drive ends up stalling. You get nothing yeah. out of it. Like those are just, those are devastating. And before the, before the Isaiah Nair touchdown, after CSU went and, and doinked the field goal, CSU actually should have had them in third and long, but they got called for a face mask. So instead of third yeah. and long, it's <laughs> right. first and right. 10. They throw a touchdown right. right then. That was almost my turning point, but I, I feel like it had to be, you know, with it, with going down and instead of tying it and coming away with nothing, I, I still think we nailed it. But man, it, it just flipped. And then after that, you know, Wyoming, they just put the pedal to the metal. They picked off Santeo a couple of times. One of them was deflected. Yeah. Right. I don't know if it's like a mechanics thing for him or what, but that dude gets so many balls swatted at the line of scrimmage and it's really frustrating. Uh-huh. No, I noticed that. And I mean, even in the pocket, there are some that come out clean where you watch the replay and it's like, Oh my God, I can't like the deflection. How, yeah, how did that get over it? So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it is mechanics. I think it's that he's really staring guys down and not anticipating all that much. Um, and yeah, I mean, the fourth quarter was just set up to be a disaster because it's turnover on downs, interception. And that was just that. But um, yeah, no, I think we... But the the penalties, I'm glad we were able to touch on some of the key penalties because while this wasn't like, oh man, they played so sloppy and like they were penalized a ton, like in some other games this season, for example. It's still, I mean, they lose the penalty margin seven for 75 to three for 40 it's undisciplined football on the road in a rivalry yep. game and you can't yep. do that i will say wyoming didn't get called for a single holding call on this and i, I call bs like i'm not saying that there were they missed 100 or anything like that but i saw at least two times where toby mcbride got bear hugged nothing patchen got held a couple times again csu didn't get a ton of holding calls either so they're you know kind of letting right. them play a little bit and I have no problem with that, but no holding calls at all. Come on, come on. Not on the officiating. Again, I just want to throw that out there. I was a little bit skeptical of that. Um, but the Rams, like, they just they couldn't make plays when they had to. They couldn't get off the field on third down yeah. defensively. They couldn't stay on the field on third down offensively. They had penalties in the worst moments. There weren't a ton of them, but the ones they had were back-breaking. You know, they, they missed an opportunity to get a chip shot field goal. It's like you can't have six, seven things like that no. when you're playing a team that's relatively comparable in talent and wants it so badly. You know that this is everything to Wyoming. They've lost four straight. They lost the border war last year. They're trying to keep bull eligibility live after starting four and oh, they're not going to come out soft. Yeah. No. And I mean, fair or not, this, uh, to me, this is what Adazio, a coach like Adazio, should be fixing. 
run fits, you know, you should be able to count on your defense being a good run fit defense. Horrendous today. Uh, run blocking and being disciplined, avoiding penalties, you know, it's okay. I can accept being a little more vanilla, a little more meat and potatoes, but meat and potatoes is meat and potatoes. It's not like we're going to shit all over your gravy once in a while. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't have one with the other. So, um, no, it's a good point. Like Utah State is a flashy offense, and I don't think they're as talented as CSU. I don't think they're as good in the trenches, but they're able to kind of exploit the defense enough to to take advantage of it. And CSU just one, they don't do enough of that in general. But it's like if you're gonna rely on being a tough, grinded out football team, which you can win that way. Like I know it's not fun. You can win that way when you do it right. You can't be sloppy. And CSU's been sloppy all year long. And that's on the coaching staff. And Adazio said that post game, which good for him. You know, you're taking accountability, but that's also one of those situations where it's like, yeah, no duh. It's on you. You're the head coach. <laughs> Who else is it going to be on? Honestly, it's not uh, my fault. Yeah, right. <laughs> I yeah, know Joe just... might think it is, but it's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. We'll highlight a couple of individuals in Bruce for you here just in just a second. But tomorrow is obviously NFL Sunday and NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. If you're a new customer, download the app, use the code DNVR, then bet $5. And if your team wins, you're going to win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If you are a recurring customer, you can do the same game parlay which allows you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. Personally, guys, not even going to lie to you. I don't even want to look at my DraftKings app because I know it was not a good day. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, lick my wounds, come back in the morning. But download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NFL team to win. If they win, you win $200 in free bets. Only with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We love those guys. Shout out DraftKings. Um, the best. Let's do Bruce for you. Let's highlight some, some individuals that were some guys that made plays in this. So. Do want to bring yeah. that up? Uh, yeah, this one was a this was a gut punch, though, guys. This was it's been a long day. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a long day for you. I I got it's been a long day for the players after. too, though. I mean, right? right. Trey McBride <laughs> was as upset post game as I've ever seen, and it just kills me because that guy's a warrior and he's given so much to this program, and the fact that he's not even going to get to play in a bowl game. After all, and I maybe he wouldn't have anyways because the NFL draft stock stuff. Who knows? But I mean, he came back this year and he's still playing, so he yeah. seems like the type of guy that probably play. It just it kills me. What do we we've got? A question here from my guy Nicholas Toffelmeyer. He was in Laramie today. He was shouting at the administration after the game, getting his money's worth. I'm proud of him. <laughs> what are we thinking over under? Let's go, Nick. Fifteen thousand at the Air Force game next Saturday. Over only because a lot of those tickets were purchased. Uh, some Air Force fans will travel, but it's going to be barely over like 16,000 and it'll be like 4,000 by the fourth quarter. 
Right. It'll feel like two for most of the game. <laughs> but um, technically speaking, a lot of those tickets were already purchased. People aren't going to be able, you're not going to resell them. Like there's no market for them. So, you know, by default, there will be a crowd there. It is a rivalry game. You have two in-state teams. So that helps attendance numbers. The one I'm curious about is Nevada, Saturday after Thanksgiving, 7 p.m. start. Very, I mean, who knows? Maybe CSU goes and beats Hawaii, but potentially, you know, riding like a five losing streak going in. That one could definitely be less than 10,000 people. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I might be covering that one remotely, guys. We'll see. Uh, um, <laughs> interesting. Um, I'll probably be there just for Trey. But other than that, uh, yeah, I am in pain, bro. I am in pain. <laughs> I this is my whole life. I've been following CSU forever. It's nothing new. Mm. It's just the rivalry losses. I can deal with losing. No, they hurt. I, I yeah. watch enough yeah. sports to where like losses don't shake me. It's when you feel like your team didn't even fight. Like they didn't even show up. And that's those are the ones that are hard to live with, especially in yeah. games like this. And <laughs> lock your cars, or else you're gonna have two tickets, and you're gonna come back, and there's gonna be four tickets. <laughs> it's classic dad joke. Nailed the execution. <laughs> well, we gotta yeah, laugh, guys. Keep them, keep the comments coming. We gotta laugh so we don't cry. Uh, let's play bruise for you though, because like I said, there are some individuals worth let's highlighting. If you want to shout somebody out in the comments as well, who impressed yeah. you. Or who sure. didn't impress you? You know, you want to give somebody yep. an O-Duel, go right ahead. Um, starting with me, I'll go, uh, I'll give Logan Stewart a pint, Colorado Kitty had nine total tackles today in the secondary. A lot of that was because the linebackers weren't making any tackles. And if he didn't make those tackles, they were probably going for like, yep. you know, 60 yard runs. It's hard to compliment anybody on the defense after giving up 400 yards and some of these tackles are purely because other people played so poorly like they had no other choice but he's a good kid um nine tackles that have a flight yeah have a beer i mean honestly everyone needs to have a beer after that one um so yeah i i might go non-member sized but i'm I'm with it's, no, yeah, definitely not a member beer. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's very um, few member beers being given out today. With the rare good vibes here, can we can we just give out a uh, Trey McBride grade? Um, and also didn't bring it up on the turning point, but an underrated turning point. If Trey, after mossing that guy, keeps his balance. That could have been a huge moment, right? Because, um, or, you know, if the rules were NFL style where you could just run after you've fallen and you're not down, that's probably a huge uh, turning point, like low key. That's a good point. I mean, it's that close to being a touchdown instead he falls. And unfortunately, they got a field goal out of that one, right? Yeah. Ended up getting a field goal. Um, Trey McBride, I actually, I have him down for a beer tower, which is the best that, we give only because he had nine catches for 98 yards, but today he became the all-time leader in receiving yards for a tight end at CSU. I mean, he should have gone over 100 yards again, but this guy has done nothing but improve his draft stock game after game. It's really the only good thing about this season, to be honest, is Trey McBride's improved his draft stock. A couple other guys, Daquan Jackson, might get yeah. some NFL looks down the line after what he's done. Mo Kamara has really flashed. There have been 
if there, you know what I mean though. Like oh, there's I just mean, not much to feel good about outside of Trey. To me, this team is you enjoy Trey on offense, you enjoy the pass rush on defense. <laughs> You know, you you enjoy some. Punts. You hope Dante gets to make some plays, but it's <laughs> right. all dependent on somebody getting him the football. So right, like it's it's very formulaic. Like I get what I get here. Um, no, definitely Beer Tower. Um, like you know, this he's actually the DraftKings King of the Game as well. So we can throw that out as well. Um, this um this program to- has churned out some stellar stellar tight ends, and to be That's a good point. At- at the top of them all with what this program's been through while Trey's been here, not to mention like this record is built with a conference only COVID season. Um, truly outstanding man. with a guy like Todd Santeo, not exactly a pass first uh, quarterback. It really speaks to how outstanding Trey is. And this game was a perfect example of that where Wyoming knows he's the only guy you got to stop. Well, him and Dante Wright, who had two touchdowns and I'm sure we'll touch on in a sec. Um, and still Trey was just outstanding. His hands flashed uh, like just unreal. And that one catch he makes where he adjusts the ball midair and is still able to come down with it with his knee first. I knew that was a catch when I saw it live at first, other worldly stuff. Um, yeah. He's the reason I can't be too pissed when you say, hey, can you jump on one of these and watch the Rams? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I get to see Trey. It's a good point, man. Like, that's the one thing for CSU fans. Uh, I, I genuinely hope you understand how special Trey McBride is. And yeah. again, you know, Joel Dreesen, Kelly McGregor, like Corey Sperry even was a beast for CSU over the years. Like there have been a lot of Crockett Gilmore, a lot of good tight yeah, ends that have come through this program. Trey being one is awesome. Sucks that he doesn't have more touchdowns this year. Shout out to our guy, Nicholas Toffelmeyer in the comments. If you're only listening to this, he got locked out of his dorms after going to Laramie and back. It's been a hell of a day for our guy. <laughs> Man. Maybe the only person having a longer day than the CSU football <laughs> yeah, team is true. young truly. Nicholas Toffelmeyer. Yeah, truly. Um, I guess only final thing on Trey, only thing he could have done more is, you know, that. 50-50 ball that gets intercepted. If he, if he could at least uh, have managed to yank that one out, but hey, he, he can't do everything. I mean, geez. Well, in the prompt, like he almost did pull it away from him, <laughs> right, but right. Centeno was staring him down so hard that I mean, the they were jumping that route before the ball was even out of his hands, and that's that's you know what's something that Centeno is going to have to work on down the line. He he tends to lock in on dudes and. In that situation, I do kind of get it. I mean, who else would you want to go to other than Trey McBride? I'd probably do right. the same thing. But, you know, it's I, I think it's the reason that they ended up making the interception. And it's unfortunate. You know, could have kept the drive alive there, but the game was yeah, basically sure. over anyways. So probably really doesn't matter a whole lot in the end. Um, I have a beer tower for Dante Wright as well. Two touchdowns today. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you have multiple touchdowns against a rival, that is worth acknowledging. It's great to see that they're trying to target him in the red zone. It's great to see that they're trying to get him stretching the field. Finally, looks like he's starting to get close to 100%, maybe not quite there yet, but but getting there. He's a guy where, like, hopefully he's back next year. He's going to hopefully be the focus of the offense, but they need to figure some stuff out with him and get that chemistry rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Nice to see him um, at least be a factor. I mean, they need him desperately because outside of Trey, uh, there's 
just not a, a lot of reliable options in that passing game. Um, and yeah, hopefully you can get a little more involved in the run game as well, um, where I think that, that they're missing him. But um, And that's where I'd go with my next one is Bailey. Um, I thought a decent game with what he's able to do in the second half. And I mean, he, he, you know, he took on a lot of contact um, and obviously he's running behind a beat up line. Um, you know, it, it's, you look at either. It seemed no. like his burst just isn't yeah. what it was early in the season. Yeah. yeah. And he's just able to churn out, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a respectable line and he's going to need it. So give him a pint for sure. Um, then, I mean, Hey, at least he's there. Like at least he's, he's carrying the ball ninth. That guy isn't shine away and, you know, just limp. No, he plays hard. I mean, even in that third, fourth quarter, like he's running hard forcing you very rarely is one person going to arm tackle David Bailey, you know, like he'll shake you off. He'll keep going. I I don't think he's healthy and that probably limits his ability to kind of break through and get out some of these, you know, when he has the, when he has the hole and the line's able to get it going, he can get through it. He just, I think he's just kind of lacking that extra gear and it's what's preventing him from doing it a little bit more consistently. But like you said, solid in that second half, a respectable line, all things considered 19 carries, 88 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. I mean, that's, that's what you want at your starting running back. That's about all you can ask for. It's just, Given the way that the offense went today, I think people are like, really, you're going to credit the running back. But, you know, the line is the line is not great right now. It's just it's not well, it's not horrible, but it's not, you know, creating big holes for him and he's not healthy. And to be clear, a pint is the second lowest possible blue True, yeah. or grade we can give out here. So, you know, it's all relative. The bare minimum. He did relative. what you would hope your starting running back yeah. would do. Yeah. outside of you know score a touchdown um right i got a pint for mohammed kamara who had seven tackles and a sack in this one mm-hmm. about the only one that really stood out in that front seven consistently yes they did a good job of dealing with mcbride and patching in this one kudos to the wyoming offensive mm-hmm. line 100 percent. kamara's flashing though really exciting um he can get after the qb man exciting kid an exciting kid. Um, you know, you talked about Dante focal point of the offense next year. You hope that he can be uh, one of the focal points of the defense next year because he's a uh, yeah, talented okay. kid. Uh, I got a pint for Cameron Carter as well. And also just had nine tackles. Again, I, I don't think any of the linebackers were great today, but nine tackles is nine tackles. He's much like DJ has been pretty good. I actually think he got hurt at one point. It seems like he wasn't playing some of those snaps late. I'll have to go back and re-verify. Some of these things are a little bit easier to note when you have the TV and can rewind. But yeah, pint for him, I guess. Um, what's an appropriate grade for Santeo? Do you think or Brew? What Brew would you give to Santeo? I <laughs> honestly, I only feel like giving an O'Doul's to. Uh, I'm not giving him an O'Doul. I. I to the I coaching just, I'd, staff. I'd give him a flight, I guess. Give him a little sampler. <laughs> That's yeah, there you go. Yeah. A flight's nice. A flight's nice. I mean, the interceptions get you worst of all, it's probably staring down your targets and not not. I just didn't think it was balance. a good game. I know he had a couple yeah. of touchdowns and there were a couple of throws, but 
I thought he was better against Utah State. I thought he was better against Boise State even. Yes. This this is one where I don't necessarily think he lost them the game. Again, I think if you give up 400 rushing yards, you're you're going to lose. But he he didn't elevate the offense today and he's got to be better. He's got to be more consistent. And I mean, I think it's fair to say Levi Williams outplayed him. Oh, significantly. So, um and that on paper, that is not a matchup you expected them to lose. That's a good point. So that does factor. I mean, Levi play. Williams was only nine of sixteen for ninety-two yards to the air, but he had two touchdowns and they were gorgeous throws on both of them. And the run game, man, twelve he carries for, for hundred sixteen yards. <laughs> yeah, and another tud. Yeah, three touchdowns for the kid on the day. Um, really. Impressive. If you would have told me before the game that CSU held. <laughs> Validate to 18 carries for 76 uh, yards and one touchdown. I'd been like, word, the Rams probably won this game. But no, because he gave up 166 to Swen and 116 to Levi Williams. It was just pure domination in the trenches, man. Like that looked like Air Force playing against, you know, a FCS team or something where it's just, man, they're just gonna go for 15 or 20 a pop, aren't they? Which is so surprising because that's not what this team has been so far. That's not what this defense has been. But I mean, as you pointed or the out, the offense for that matter. Yeah, I mean, I had 100%. my guy Cody Tucker on the pod, and he talked about it. This is a very experienced offensive line. There were really high expectations, and all season they've underperformed. Well, today when it mattered, they played like the offensive line I thought they would be coming into the season. Is Manny Jones right, man? Because I, I, I mean, I wasn't so. able to see him specific, but just in general, the interior of the defensive line. You know, Adazio has been kind of cool with that kind of stuff. He said they're like dinged up, but a lot of those guys have been limited in practice, yeah. and it's showing. I mean, they probably uh, should big. sub a little bit more, but it's it's showing. Well, and then you know, you're counting on guys like Toby from the in- to rush from the inside. Well, that's that's a gamble that's going to pay off when they pass the ball, but it, you're risking when they're going to hammer the ball down the middle. And yeah. So maybe that brings us to the coaching staff. If there's no duels, I would give them to Adazio, Chuck heater and John Budmeyer. Honestly, the whole staff, you all, you, none of you get a beer. You can all stand on the outside as we cheers and we have a good time, we sing the fight song. You watch, you drink that crappy non-alcoholic beer. Um, I I feel You're bad here. saying that because O'Doul's are good purpose. If you drink O'Doul's, that's not a you know that's no. not a dig on you. No. I'm just annoyed with the that's coaches. Right. Yeah. Um, member beers, not a lot of them, but Brian Stonehouse averaged 53 yards on his five punts. Had one that was gorgeous. They didn't take advantage of it, but he pinned, he dropped it at the one, and that's all you can ask for. I thought he showed his frustration on one of his punts where it kind of looked like he's like, I'm just going to blast this thing, kicked it through the back of the end zone. But honestly, I get it, dude. It's been one, it's, it's been one of those years. He, he's great, though. He's great. Um, Again, one of those guys I hope you appreciate. I know it's hard to appreciate a punter, but, you know. still. Shout out to our Thank guy, you, Tim. Tim. Yes, please like Thanks, this Tim. stream and subscribe to the channel. I got to be better about saying that stuff. Uh, if you're watching on Twitter too, go over to YouTube. It's always better to watch us on YouTube. Always better. Always the better. app works better, flows better, helps us. But shout out to everybody that's listening, whether you're on 
Periscope or whatever, Twitter, YouTube. Twitter video, this yeah. has been a very active, active stream, and I appreciate all of you. Um, I have a member beer for Jack Howell. Again, this is hypothetical, true freshman. Nine tackles and a forced fumble. He's going to be really good down the line. He just kind of has a nose for the football. Already forced a couple of turnovers this year. Son of legendary CSU safety John Howell. And uh, that the, the, like father, like son, this kid is a baller. They need it. They need the help um, in the back seven because that was uh, a bit rough. But no, I mean, there are some encouraging things there. Yeah, the front, the whole back seven in general was, it was ugly. Oh, and I had a pint for Taiwan Francis as well, who had seven tackles and a couple of pass breakups at safety. Played really physical. Uh, good to see him playing well out there, but tough to. <laughs> It's tough to highlight much of the defense, guys. I think you get it. When you give up 400 yards on the ground, a couple of passing touchdowns, too, where you yeah. just kind of get outworked for the ball. Like, they were, just, they were just better than you on those plays. It's just not a good day. No, I think you highlighted some of the few good performances, and we were able to touch on some of the more troubling ones um, on defense. Really, only other one I'd have is offensively. The little we saw Jalen Thomas was encouraging. You hope they could have well, sustained a few more. They didn't get more touches. Like yeah. Wyoming's, they're going back and forth. Valaday's one of the best running backs in the conference and has been for five years, but Swen was the hot hand. I didn't understand why it took so long for Thomas to get carries because he really didn't get any touches until the second quarter and third quarter. Yeah. I mean, get that guy going. Use both of them, especially if you want to run the football. You're going to need more than Bailey. Well, and with Bailey not looking his best, it looked like Thomas kind of got going. But again, you know, once he got some momentum going, then that holding call comes in as he converts the second and five, and then that just kind of stalls the momentum and takes away. You know, so drive stalling out definitely took away some of his opportunities to have more carries. That's a good I am point. encouraged, though. Um, he runs I, hard, man. I like I like his game. Well, he's 220. I mean, he's he's carrying some good weight behind him. Um, I, I don't know about a member's beer. And again, reminder, this is hypothetical because he is an underclassman, but um, we're right there. We're right there on pint member's beer territory. I think that's spot on. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. Let's do our last call, final thoughts on this one. Closing time, get your, get your beers. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> I this is about as disappointing of a performance as you could have in a big stage. The fact that you did this the week before you play Air Force. Yikes. I mean, the Falcons, I know their offense really struggled against Army today, but that's a good defense. You're playing in a neutral setting in a big rivalry game. I mean, after what we saw today, I, I fully expect the Falcons to beat CSU by double digits. I mean, maybe the Rams could come back with some fight after getting embarrassed at home. I sure would like to hope so, especially with the last chance for Trey is probably going to get to play in front of a decent crowd at home. But you'll need DJ back. They better figure out some of this gap control stuff. They better figure out how to stop these running backs from getting to the third level because if you do that against Air Force, they'll take it all night. They won't throw once if they don't have to. 100%. 100%. And those guys were just in a battle. I mean, they just fine-tuned their run fits because a game against Army will get you dialed up real quick. That was a, I mean, that was an ass-kicking game on both sides of the ball. 
Um, so no, that's a big one. And I, uh, I mean, look, man, we, we kind of knew the season was shaping up to really come down to Boise state, Wyoming, get air force. You're Owen to staring at probably being at least, uh, over a field goal dog at home to the Falcons. Um, Plain and simple. And that's a conservative estimate. And this is going to uh, be like the, the fifth out of the last six years where you lose to all three of those teams. And that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable on every level. Not making a bowl game this year with this much talent, unacceptable. Losing all of these games repeatedly, unacceptable. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with the future of CSU athletics. I don't know what's going to happen with the future of CSU football. But I feel like when we look back on this year and we think about, man, we had the best tight end in football. We had the best punter in college football and went three and nine, four and eight, four and eight at best, probably. Yeah. And at the same time, we should have beat our rival. Best chance to beat Boise in a minute. Probably, yeah. In a minute. One of the best um, chances ever. Had a chance to beat an SEC team at home. Yeah. Really had a chance right. to beat Iowa. I mean, yep. honestly. Yep. I don't really I mean, fault yeah. them for that loss, but you had a chance. You Utah State, Vandy, those sh- you should have at least been 1-1, one and one, probably 2-0, and oh, and there's bowl eligibility right there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, that brings me to my last call thought, which is that it's not too dissimilar to some of the conversations I'm having with my other colleagues around DMVR about other teams, um, like where the Broncos are at or where the Avs were at for a minute, you know, and three iterations of their rebuild before they finally got it right. And it's like, you know, teams that are used to losing, uh, they lose. It, it's they lose. They, uh, it, it's like winning habits. They're also losing habits, and you kind of the fall best teams into... tend to be the luckiest teams too. But it's also because they do the little things that yeah. add up. Yeah, those little 100%. lucky plays might go their way. Hundred percent. But they do the everything else to you know give themselves the best opportunity. Whereas CSU, it just feels like the complete opposite. Like they, yeah, they've been in all of these games, but they've sure made it hard on themselves. Whether it be penalties or not scoring touchdowns or you know just missed opportunity after missed opportunity, and yeah, it, it's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth for a while. Yeah, it's it's corrosive. It's uh, it, it's just kind of part of the dealio right now um and you know nick was saying i hope i'll stick around to watch well coach you know i've been around a while i remember when you know we felt the same way with steve steve fairchild and uh you know it's why it's why fans are so obsessed with the coaching change because it feels from the outside quickly if you nail the height right um I don't know. Sometimes staying the course is the right way to do it, and you can change that. But this this is deep. This is deep, um, and it hurts. And you know, guys like Trey are are emotional, and you you reported you know lots of emotions in the locker room today. And uh, I feel like you've had similar reports after all three of these ones I was on because they were all devastating to some different emotional, deeper level for the program, for these players. I hope they can get out of it. Um, But I don't know, man. I don't know. 
we we got a fun little shot of uh, the future at quarterback. You know, two two successful plays as a uh, Centeno started the rivalry game with a bloody lip and no helmet. Uh, so Is that I what happened? I want, I saw he took a yeah. shot, but we I, all of a sudden Evan Olace was in, and I was like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah, yeah, uh, he took a took a shot, had a bloodied lip, and helmet had come off. So they had to have him off for one play, but I was surprised they kept him off for two. Good composure um, from the freshman, you know, coming mm-hmm. in cold, ran it, didn't turn it over. It's, it's about all you can hope for in that situation, but totally kept that drive alive. Um, yeah, no, I actually thought that was a, a fine job, but yeah, they they have um, they re- they really got to turn a corner here, and I I it was all season I had this one circled as like I really think. This can be a tone-setting win for the program. Um, I think it could have been too, and I wrong. think on that same note, I think it can be just as devastating of a loss. I think this is the type of loss that can true. Like I said, maybe they beat Hawaii. I think they have more talent than Hawaii. Do I think what I confidently say this Rams team is going to go to the island and, and beat them? No, no. Well. It's they not might. too different from a lot of these Rams teams we've seen over the last five years where you feel like they could lose to anyone, they could probably beat just about anyone. And, and we yeah. saw it. I mean, right? Like, they've been really close to upsetting some pretty good teams um, in the last five years, and they've also just stunk it up beyond belief. Um, and it's because, look, man, t- talent has come through these doors a whole lot. It, it just hasn't mattered. It just hasn't meant anything. And that's on leadership, you know, that's on the state of your athletic department. And if CSU ends up closing this year on like a six game losing streak no, and no changes are made anywhere. Eesh, that's a tough sell going into next year. That's all yeah. I've got on this one. Andre, you have anything else you want to say? I mean, I think, that's no, I think that's a great, that. It's a great no. Um, you don't want to make changes for the sake of change, but you also don't want to waddle in mediocrity, um, and you don't want to prolong a program that isn't building momentum and with momentum in college football. And momentum really is the name of the game most of the time. If you're not gaining momentum, you are almost certainly losing it. Uh, well, that's you, what. You don't want to be in that position for too long. Exactly. But that's just, that's what, that's what made Parker's comments this week about, you know, CSU. Oh, they've been a struggling program. You need to lower your expectations. You don't want to hear that from your athletic director. You know, you want to Jack Graham. And again, I, his people kind of act like he was, you know, this God or something. He's a little bit flawed as an AD, but he was great for the football program. You know, he'd come out and be like, you know, we should expect to be competing at the highest level. Like we're CSU. You don't want to hear, well, we've we've always been bad. So, you know, like we'll probably just always be bad, you know, and, and that's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not. No, it's not okay to get buried in the border war. It's not okay to tell your fan base to not have expectations. It's just it's maddening. I haven't talked about it yet this that. week because I get so heated. I know I'm gonna say something that gets me in trouble, but after today, man, like, tell me what my expectations should be then, guy, Joe. Like, what should my expectations be? 
to go three and nine every year and get embarrassed in every game that matters. Cause I don't want to sign up for that shit. Yeah. And I don't know how you could say that when this is the same person who needs to be pitching to donors and getting them excited to donate more money to get some improvements. Um, it was just a so, weird thing to say publicly. It's, like it's just it's a weird annoying. thing to do. And again, though, I think the losing's mounting, and <laughs> we're all getting that's a little how he really off. feels. That's for sure. He <laughs> yeah, sounds like a man a though, that knows off. the writings on the wall and knows that change is probably coming. I don't have any inside information on that. I don't. I haven't heard anything about a contract extension though, and his deal is up at the end of the year. So we shall see what happens there. That kind of stuff happens behind the scenes. Like any day, they could be like, Joe Parker signs a three-year deal, right, sure. and the fan base could implode. Um, but man, rough week to be a Ram. Thank goodness it's basketball season. Cannot wait yes. for the Oral Roberts game on Tuesday. My basketball preview show will go live on Monday. I hope you guys really enjoy that. A lot of planning went into it. Um, stoked, stoked that Hoops is here. Let's end on a positive note. Always proud to be a Ram. Um, have a good weekend, y'all. Stay safe out there.